This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. And it all comes down to, I don't care. I don't care how much you thought about it. I don't care how much you planned it. I don't care how much you prepared it. What you have with your dinner party It's not as important as what I have to do. It all came down to, I don't care how much. God, you love me. I don't care, God, how much you planned to save me. I don't care how much you suffered on the cross to atone for my sins. What you have with your salvation is not as important as what I have to do. This is what God is saying in verse 2. When he says, hear all ye people, hearken, O earth, and there it is. Let the Lord be witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. The Lord was against them because they did not hear, verse two, all ye people, hearken. The Lord is against them because they did not respond. God is against a person who does not immediately jump at the invitation to come to Christ and to be saved from his sins. You know, right now at Scanabodies, we are working so hard to make COVID tests. You can't believe it. It's like we're driving down the road in a convertible 100 miles an hour with the top down and our hair's flying all over the place. That's what it's like at our company. We are now making 1 million COVID tests per day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. 350 million COVID tests per year. I never counted to a million before, but we're making a million tests per day, doing the formulation, doing the liophilization, doing the assembly, doing the shipping, over 500 shipments per day. Those shipments we're talking about are pallets of COVID tests. And those chemicals for the formulation, you know what? They don't just jump into the tanks. And water just doesn't fall from the sky into those tanks and millions of tubes don't just say, out of our way while we jump into the racks. And the racks don't just say, out of the way while I jump into the lyophilizers. And the components just don't fall into boxes and boxes don't just jump on onto the pallets and pallets don't just walk themselves over in trucks. It all takes a lot of work, a tremendous amount of work, a lot of management work, a lot of management work and it's all very important work. And managers are very, very important in these 1,200 people to make it all happen, and the work is important. And if we had a very important management position, 
with the, for this operation, where the position was so important that a person would be responsible for such an important link in the chain that if that link fell through, the whole chain fell through. If that step was not done correctly, the whole operation comes to a screeching halt from 1 million COVID tests per day to zero COVID tests per day. And if we had an applicant who came to apply for that job and he was qualified and we offered him the job and we invited him to join the team to take over the responsibility of this very important step in the COVID test production, so important. And if that person said to us, okay, I will take the position, but first I wanna go to Bali for a vacation for four weeks and I'll come back in four weeks just right now. Right now. You know what we would do? We would retract the offer because that person didn't see the work as important as it was. Vacation was more important. Just like people who invited to a dinner who said that they had something else more important. Just like the person who said that he was gonna come to Christ later after he sells his mountain house, buys a house in the city. And if we had another person on the other hand, on the other hand, if we had another person who wanted the job who was qualified and said, and we said, when can you start? And that person said, how about right now? I put some extra money in the parking meter. I'm good to go now. We would say, you're our man. That's our man. We found the right person because he sees the work as important as it really is and he wants to start right now. And we're looking for that right now person. And you know what? That's what God is looking for in the gospel invitation. He's looking for the right now person. God is looking for the same person who when the gospel is presented, the invitation is made to come to Christ, that person says, how about right now? How, uh, why can't I come to Christ right now? And you know who said that in the Bible? A black man, an Ethiopian eunuch who said, how about right now? In Acts 8.36, Acts 8.36, and as they went on their way, they came to a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? That Ethiopian eunuch said, wait a minute, what's standing in my way from trusting Christ right now? And that Ethiopian eunuch was saying, there's nothing more important than receiving Christ right now. This big caravan that I'm in charge of, going back to Ethiopia, is not more important than coming to Christ. The queen of Ethiopia, who's relying on me to return as, more, as soon as possible, is not more important than me receiving Christ right now. And when God sees that, God says, we found our man because he realizes how important coming to Christ is. God is looking for the right now person. And God said that he's looking for this right now person when he said, 2 Corinthians 6.2, 2 Corinthians 6.2, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The time to come to Christ is right now because the gospel is a right now invitation because the gospel invitation is just that important. And any let me first go and then I'll come and accept, that's a no, that's a no. And God sees it like that because the gospel is so oftentimes a now or never because a person's heart is never as tender to the gospel as it is now. If a person does not accept God's invitation to come to Christ, it's not easier later. It's actually harder later because the Bible says in Proverbs 29.1, Proverbs 29.1, he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. You know, that verse is actually making two statements about not trusting Christ. 
when, when, when a person's invited to. First, that verse is saying in Proverbs 29.1, Proverbs 29.1, that verse is saying, he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck. That means each time a person hears the gospel invitation to come to Christ and doesn't, that person gets a little harder. And the next time he hears the gospel, it's a little harder for him to come to Christ because his heart is harder than it was in hearing the gospel the last time. And his reluctance to come to Christ makes it harder for him to overcome to come to Christ. His excuses for not coming to Christ become harder for him to resist for him to come to Christ. That's the first truth. The second truth in Proverbs 29.1, the second truth in Proverbs 29.1 is shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. What this is saying is that there is a limit. There is a limit to how many times the gospel invitation will be made to a person. And one day he will die if he doesn't come to Christ. He will die without Christ. And there will be no way after death to come to Christ. He will be what is called no remedy. He will be surprised and say, so soon, so soon, I died so quickly. Before when I was alive, I would not come to Christ, but now when I'm dead, I cannot come to Christ. It becomes a would not to a cannot situation. When the rich man died and his eyes were opened in hell, in the Bible, he never asked for another chance to come to Christ, to be saved for himself. He knew there was no second chance for him after death. He only asked for his brothers that they would not waste their chance and that they would not die without coming to Christ and end up in that place of hell, which is a place of no second chances. Luke 16, 28, Luke 16, 28, here's what his words were. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. And now God moves against those who don't hear him in verse three, verse three. For behold, the Lord cometh down out of his place and will, cometh forth out of his place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. This is the second time that God has come forth out of his place, as it says. The first time he came forth out of his place as a savior. The second time he comes forth out of his place as a judge. When he comes out of his place as a judge, here's a description of what he will do in verse three, in verse three. Tread upon the high places of the earth. He leaves his mercy seat now, and now he has, in Psalm nine, verse seven, Psalm nine, verse seven, he hath prepared his throne for judgment, for judgment. And what is that judgment? That judgment is Revelation 20, verse 11, Revelation 20, verse 11. I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the, ju the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works." and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Matthew 26, 64, Matthew 26, 64, Jesus said, Jesus said, 
Thou hast said, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power coming in the clouds of heaven. He said, this was at his trial when he used the word hereafter, hereafter. First, he had come as a savior. See, he was seen in that state at his trial there as a savior. He will never be seen that way again because hereafter, from this place, here, from this time, after, he would never be seen that way again. Hebrews 9.26, Hebrews 9.26 says, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once, in the end, in the world, he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 1 Peter 3.18, 1 Peter 3.18 says, never again. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Once, once he was our Savior. He will never be seen like that again on trial and, for a hit and being scourged and being put to death on a cross. Once, once Moses, once. Exodus 17, 6. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. And thou shalt smite the rock, Moses shall smite the rock. And there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Once, Moses, once, Numbers 20, verse 8. Numbers 20, verse 8. Take the rod, gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall bring forth water. And thou shalt bring forth to them the water out of the rock, so shalt thou give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of the rock? And Moses lifted up his rod, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank in their beasts. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because you believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I've given them. Once Moses, once, just once Moses, the rock was to be hit only once, not twice. The rock was to be hit only once because Deuteronomy 32.3, Deuteronomy 32.3, I will publish the name of the Lord as there be greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. The rock is the symbol of God. Moses, you are to hit the rock like hitting God. Once, Moses, just once, not twice. Not twice, Moses, only once, only once because Hebrews 10.10, Hebrews 10.10, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 1 Peter 3.18, 1 Peter 3.18, Christ also hath suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us unto God. God, in the person of Jesus Christ, was hit only once, and the hitting of God the rock as Jesus Christ started at the trial that he was at in Matthew 2667, Matthew 2667. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hand. And the hitting once of God in the person of Jesus Christ continued from that trial through to John 19:1. John 19:1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the hitting once of God in the person of Jesus Christ climaxed from the scourging through to 
Matthew 27, 35, Matthew 27, 35, and they crucified him, and they crucified him. Once, Moses, once, only once, Moses, just the rock, hit the rock just once to communicate 1 Peter 3.18, 1 Peter 3.18, Christ also hath suffered once. After that one time hitting of the rock, blessings came to man. And from that point on, the blessings flowed just from speaking, speaking in prayer. After a person has trusted Christ as his rock that was hit once for him when he died for his sins, then it's just prayer, just speak to the rock. Moses, just speak to the rock, Moses. Don't hit it a second time. Moses, don't mess up the picture of Christ as the rock being hit only once. But because you messed it up, Moses, because you messed it up and you hit the rock twice, you can't go into the land. And Moses says, oh, but God, this was my life work to bring Israel out of Egypt, to bring Israel into the promised land. Are you really gonna deny me my life goal? Was it that serious, start striking the rock twice? Yes, it was, Moses. It was that serious, Moses, because one word that Jesus spoke at his trial in Matthew 26, 64, Matthew 26, 64, hereafter, hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. There was a place, it was called here, at that trial. There was a time, it was called after, and after that, when he died for our sins, that was the place, that was the time, and after the place of the cross, and after the time of the cross, Christ would be seen again on earth as Micah 1.3, Micah 1.3. Behold, the Lord cometh forth out of his place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth, and the mountains shall be molten unto him, and the valleys shall be cleft as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured down in a steep place. This one statement in verse three describes Jesus Christ to the T, to the T, when it says in Micah 1.3, behold, the Lord cometh forth out of his place and will come down. Micah 1.3 is a description of Jesus Christ. It's a three-point description of Jesus Christ. He is, Micah 1.3, behold the Lord. Jesus Christ is the mighty God. Isaiah 9.6, Isaiah 9.6, unto us, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called the mighty God. Jesus Christ is the creator God. He is the creator God, John 1, verses 1, 3, and 14. John 1, 1, 3, and 14. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. All things were made by him, and the word was made flesh. Jesus Christ is the God who is the I am. He is, the, he is God, the I am. John 8, 24, John 8, 24. If you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. God in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3, 16. 1 Timothy 3, 16. God was manifest in the flesh, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. But best of all, very best of all, baddest of all for us, Jesus Christ is God the Savior, God the Savior. Titus 2.13, Titus 2.13, the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is God with us, God with us. Matthew 1.23, Matthew 1.23, 
Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Point one from Micah 1.3, Jesus Christ is God. Point two from Micah 1.3, Jesus Christ is the Lord cometh forth out of his place, out of his place. Jesus Christ came down from heaven not to do his own will, but to do the will of his Father. John 6, 38, John 6, 38. I came down from heaven, not to do mine own, but will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus Christ came down from heaven to give his life a ransom to save the world. John 6, 33, John 6, 33. The bread of life is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth his life unto the world. Jesus Christ came down from heaven to save sinners, to save sinners, 1 Timothy 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus Christ came down from heaven to be the bread of life, the bread of life, John 6.51, John 6.51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Next point, from Micah 1.3, Jesus came, Jesus Christ came down from heaven to earth to save man by dying for his sins, by dying for his sins. But the last point, the last point, point three, is from Micah 1.3, Micah 1.3, who will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. Jesus Christ is the judge of all, the judge of all. John 5.22, John 5.22, the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Among the three persons of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ, God the Son, God the Son, all judgment has been given uniquely to Jesus Christ, God the Son, because of all three persons in the Godhead, he's the only one who lived a life as a human, who lived a life as a human. John 5.22, John 5.22, the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And the physical the visible confirmation, what we can see and have assurance of, what we can see confirmed to us that Jesus Christ will be the judge is the resurrection. Is the resurrection. Acts 17:31. Acts 17:31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. My friend Caesar Flytus works as a tour guide. He's from Peru and he works at Paraguay. He's from Paraguay and he works as a tour guide at the garden tomb in Jerusalem. And he tells me, there are hundreds of thousands of people who come to visit the empty tomb of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem every year. And they come from all over the world. And I've been there and I've seen him giving talks to all the people from all over the world. It's moving to go there. It's moving to go to the place of the resurrection in Jerusalem. Every time I go to Israel, I don't want to see any more sites. I've seen them once. I've seen them enough, except for that one site. I cannot go enough time to see that site.
because so many statements are made by an empty tomb. There's one statement that affects every person who visits it, and that statement is, Jesus Christ will judge everyone. That's the one statement that the resurrection declares, that Jesus Christ is the judge of all. So Micah opens with a warning to immediately accept God's gospel invitation to come to Christ, seeing all that God did when God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes into him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for reaching out. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.